HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid Pairing app, available on Android and Apple devices. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Love Bites, where dining and dating collide, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Today is Monday, January 4th, and this is our first show of 2016. Hell yeah! Thanks so much for returning to our second season with us. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34 straight and single. And I am your other host, Benjamin M. Rosenblatt. M? I didn't know that. What's the M? Michael? Michael yeah, is my middle name. It's like every guy's middle name. I'm Marie. Ooh, Marie. That's every girl's middle We're name. We're even cuter. Oh, aren't mm. we? Who are you, Ben? Um, what do you do? You can uh, you can call me Ben, even though it's Benjamin is Benjamin. the full name. Um, I'm an actor. I'm a writer, musician, occasionally a bartender and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 33 straight. And I am beginning this year <laughs> gut-wrenchingly single. Gut-wrenchingly single. Oh, oh no. Uh, for our second segment today, we're going to be joined by Sarah Eckel, the author of It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons You're Single. We're going to ask her about her journey as a writer studying relationships and if she really believes that being single is not our fault. And at the end of the show, we're bringing back the Online Dating Asshole of the Week awards with a particular... <laughs> large asshole dry asshole i don't know dark a- i don't know a- a- an asshole <laughs> those, right? are, those are just descriptors that have just <laughs> grossed out our entire listening audience i didn't put them into the show form but i was trying to be like this guy's a real asshole a so we're going to talk one. about him at the end of the show so stay tuned for that but first you might have noticed that we have a new theme song yeah, for 2016 and it is by our dear friend robbie gill covering the who you better you bet from his live album live at rockwood i I'm a huge Who fan, like a huge Who fan, and Roger Daltrey, the singer for The Who, is one yeah. of my like all-time favorite rock and roll vocalists, and usually I'm like loath to hear someone try to cover it, but Robbie's voice it's is amazing. so phenomenal. The whole album is amazing, um, so this is his only, his only cover on that album. 
his song i don't know i just love robbie i love his voice i love like they're these heart like if you're going through a breakup if you've been an asshole in the in the breakup too if it's like your fault why the relationship went down um it's particularly poignant if you're trying so hard to get to a better place in life listen to the big picture it's a, one of my favorites big picture is just yeah ah his music is beautiful and it's also beautiful. like i was telling you Jacqueline before the show that it's like uh, every time I'm dating a new girl it's like I can't wait to like Bring her take to her Robbie. to a Robbie yeah, show because he's so talented and he's our friend and so it makes you look even hotter yeah and his music yeah. is amazing and it just like gets you like in the mood for love yeah I mean I, I when I posted this on our Facebook page I had a friend a friend a guy friend who years ago I brought him and he bought the album and he's like I still listen to it all the time and I brought many, many a gentleman to, to see a Robbie Gill show too yeah. So I think all of our listeners should go check out Robbie's yes. music at RobbieGill.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E-G-I-L.com. He's on iTunes. And just on buy Facebook. all of his music because it's incredible. You won't regret a yeah. single cent that you spend on so it. So we're super psyched that he's our theme song for twenty for the first season of 2016. And, okay, so checking in for, for dating. So, well, I mean, all right, so New Year's, New Year's resolutions, things happen. I'm, I'm obviously not resolving not to drink. In 2016. No, because you've got two open drinking. drinks sitting in front of you. Yeah, so alcohol is not on the bad list for, for New Year's resolutions. But um, before before the holidays happened, I got something ca- done called the ALCAT test. It's a blood test that tells you what foods cause inflammation in your body on a cellular level, which I am doing for the, the chronic illness that I've talked about a little bit last season. So I'm going to be in a dating conundrum for the next couple of months. For the next three months, I've taken 60 more foods out of my diet, basically <sighs> meaning that I cannot Brutal. dine at restaurants. Yeah, like I'm going to have to cook everything I eat because it's down to things like basil and uh, and oregano and thyme and olive oil like and garlic you know things that I cannot avoid so I'm gonna I don't know how I'm gonna well, I'm just it's interesting gonna... how many dates take place in restaurants and I mean I know I am a big fan I love food you yes, love food that's why we are and, here on Heritage Radio of Network. course and so I always just assume that like I always plan my dates first dates and beyond typically to be at a bar at a restaurant of at course. somewhere where we're eating and How drinking people eat and is important too. absolutely essential connection but i mean yeah. that doesn't mean you can't have a dating life and there are plenty of ways to right. have dates outside of well luckily grapes are on the okay list so wine is all right and apples <laughs> so cider is all right and potatoes so vodka is all right so you're just gonna um, be like getting hammered on all of your first dates probably. is that what you're saying be like college all over again no but at least like one thing i did learn from last year uh, from having this radio show and then all of the just introspective crap that I I do on a regular basis we talked before about like how long it takes me to talk to guys about the my health conditions and I've decided that you know what like I'm I'm feeling pretty calm about myself and the whole food thing like it's not it's it's not a hippy dippy silly thing that I'm doing it's to try to better my life it takes a lot of discipline it took a lot of money to get this blood test done um, it's something I take seriously. And again, I don't feel like it makes me undateable as a human being. And so it's it's going to have to come up in conversation very early. And that's okay because I'm not dying. Like, I'm not like, I'm not... I'm yes. still I'm still a dateable, right? Yes, I mean. agreed. And the, the way you just the way you just said it to me until the very end when you were like, "I'm still dateable, right?" Well, because I didn't well, know I didn't know how because I, I didn't want to like be like, "I'm still like awesome, right?" You are, I mean, and I the way you said it with confidence and and like what why you're doing it and just owning it makes it so 
if I imagine as a potential sexy is the word you want dater, to use, right? Well, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> not, not necessarily Damn sexy, it. but like not at all scary. Thank you. Turning on to you, how is your how what is your dating status? I know I I'm a, back online. I have a New Year's resolution a, for dating. Do. Ooh, what is it? I do. I haven't shared it? this with you yet. Do you promise Ooh. to like not hold tell me anybody? to I'm it? Not tell anyone. I'm telling <laughs> everyone right now. It'll do you promise to hold me to it? Of course. Do you? I you might not want to after looking, I tell you what it is. Um, I have. This is my New Year's dating uh-oh. resolution. Uh oh. I <laughs> vow in 2016. You vow. That's a strong word. Well, I resolve. Okay. In 2016. Yep. That if the next time someone tells me how great a guy I am and how rare that is as a preface to why they don't want to date me anymore, that I'm going to throw them, launch them from the tallest building that I can find. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hypothetically, right? Like, you know. You're going to, are you going to literally yeah, throw them? Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no. Ladies, his username is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I get, I get that. Like, yeah, that sucks. And I will talk about this in a couple of weeks when we have, have the exes conversation. But one of the five guys that I had asked, that I asked for the answers said something along the lines of like, he's used to dating women who are like dark and dramatic. And I am not that, that I am light and calm. And I was like. I was like, all right, good for you, dude. Like, that's one of the reasons why we don't work out together. Like, that's a little ridiculous. It would made it, it was a little ridiculous. So I get you with that. It's like, oh, you're too, you're too nice and too good of a person. You're too together. It's like, well, then just go away. Then you, you dark, sad look. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. I mean. All right. I will will hold you to that. But it also says something about me and the type of woman that I am dating and the type of woman that that I am and or not necessarily even look for, but the type of person that I end up being attracted to and wanting to continue dating is the type of woman that continues to say that to me. So, you know, I'm trying to keep myself in check as well. Which is good. And that's the same thing like my my accidental pattern of, of... being attracted to guys who've gone through something hard my problem is that they're usually still coming out of the something hard when i want them to be sort of out of the something hard and so yeah we both i think accidentally find i don't know same. how much of an accident it is it's but an accident yeah on my part yeah. anyway um anyway all right so we've got some we've so got some that. resolutions yeah you've got some resolutions are do you have any dates lined up anything um, anyone I'm you're talking excited to about a couple, couple guys online it's just so it's you're back new. online i'm back online because it, last at the end of last year, at the yeah. end of our last season, you were offline. Yeah, and I felt great about I, it. I like, was over, enjoying being offline, right. but you're back on. Yeah, because, I mean, because you got to, I mean, <laughs> I have a radio show and I'm still single. So, of course, I'm going to be back online. I take it, I don't take it as seriously right now. I'm be, letting myself be pickier that I'm not trying to give too many people the benefit of the doubt. We'll talk later at the end of the show about what happens when I go against my gut instinct and respond to somebody. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm messaging with a couple of guys who seem lovely enough and I'm going away for two weeks next, so I'm not going to date for the next two weeks. Uh, so I luck, I have that where I don't have to worry about that for another two weeks at least. But yeah, so we'll see. Cool. Yeah, we'll see. I have a date on Thursday night. <gasps> you do? Oh, for- right. Yes. Okay. So tell me about this. I this date met her online. Night. Okay. Um, Are you excited? Oh no, that's not I'm a like, good way to go into well, it. Well, no, listen, listen. I am totally need a distraction right now. I, you know, um, as our listeners may remember from the end of last season, I was seeing. I had a couple dates lined up at the end of our last season. One with someone who I'd been seeing for about a month or so. The other was a totally new date. Neither of those ended up panning out. The person I had been seeing for a little while decided that she wasn't interested anymore and 
I'm so I'm looking for a little bit of distraction. That's fair. And I, this person that I'm seeing on Thursday night, I'm like actually do have the lowest of the low expectations. Well, we've talked about that before. That you usually have high expectations, and I have relatively non-existent expectations. So maybe you having low expectations. Well, let's just check in I, about what that does for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be interested in anything beyond hopefully trying to drag her into my bed that night. All right. Um, That's fair. But if she's down for that, that might be fun. Okay. Well, good. Well, good. Ooh, I just burped on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm drinking it's the, the, a Listen, cider. she's drinking like she's double fisting no, ciders I'm not. over it's there. Just the, I'm not double fisting. It's just it's been four days of nonstop. I just needed a drink today. All right. I think it's time to transition out of here. Um, hold on. Hold on, everybody. One second. Here you go, Ben. Here, you can use my form. It's, we're, we're roughing it up to you. All right, listen. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. There we go. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the author of a book called It's Not You. Her name is Sarah Eckel. But first, we want to invite you to connect a bit more personally with us. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook as Love Bites Radio and on the web at lovebitesradio.com. And you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and drop a, rev- drop a review there. anybody's dropped a review yet. Just drop some reviews. We Come on. Need you. Even if you hate us, just tell us how much you no, hate no, us. No, don't tell No, not on iTunes. You can email that to no. us. But on iTunes, tell, tell us how much you love us. <laughs> okay, don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just don't kidding. tell us how much you hate us. But um, listen, every download and share and review helps, and we sincerely love you for it. Um, so, like I said, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear a bit about our sponsor, the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid. And we will be back in a bit. <laughs> probably used Tinder, you've probably used OkCupid, and maybe you're bored of these human dating apps. Want to play matchmaker with some more interesting couples? Food couples? Say, drinks and cheese? Well, you can now with the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app. What beverage complements your cheese? What cheese complements your beverage? Wisconsin Cheese Cupid has the answer. Just choose beverage or cheese in need of a soulmate, and Wisconsin Cheese Cupid will do the rest. Feeling a bit adventurous? Pairing Roulette will create a random yet perfectly delicious pairing for you. So if you're sick of swiping left and right, put aside the dating struggles and make a match that'll satisfy even the loneliest of the lonely. Go to CheeseCupid.com or find Cheese Cupid in the App Store. Happy matchmaking.
In 2011, Sarah Eccles' essay, Sometimes It's Not You, became one of the most popular essays in the New York Times' Modern Love column. It led her to write her book, It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons Why You're Single. I'm going to read a little excerpt chopped up a little bit from her introduction. We are a nation that believes strongly in personal efficacy. If there's something in your life that isn't working the way you'd like, then the problem must begin and end with you. But the myth that we are 100% in control of what happens in our lives makes us extremely hard on ourselves. And single people, especially, so eager to solve this riddle of why, are often willing to accept the premise that some fatal personality flaw is preventing them from finding lifelong love. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with any of us? If we're honest, the answer is probably plenty, but that's not the point. The book then goes on to dispel 27 myths that many of us, her audience is largely single women in their 30s, but extends outwards too, often hear from others about why we are single. We are too picky versus we're too available. We are too intimidating in our success or too desperate. We need to put it out into the universe or we need to learn to be happy alone. Things like that. It's a complex conundrum that I recommend you go and buy the book and read for yourself. But we've got some specific questions we're excited to have Sarah on via phone to answer. You can find her on Twitter as Sarah Eckel, on Facebook as Sarah Eckel Books, and on Goodreads. Welcome to Love Bite, Sarah. We're so excited to have you on the phone today. Hi, great to be here. Thank you for having me. So um, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, while writing okay. this book, or now that it's out, it's been out for a while now, what was or is still your goal as to what you want readers to take away from it? I was really hoping that readers would start to, to stop seeing themselves as a problem to be solved, because that was when I was reporting the book, and, and even I had started reporting the book actually before I published the essay, the, the through line that always came through when women would talk about their dating lives and, and their frustration was always like, well, what's wrong with me? And so I really wanted women and men to stop seeing themselves that way, that simply because they are single and they'd rather not be, that there is something wrong with them, and instead just see themselves as just whole and wise and, and weird and, and wonderful, but no matter what their various qualities were, always... Um, worthy of love. Now, you didn't get married until your late 30s. And when you started your work in this, you were single. Did you, was there a point in your personal life where you realized it's not me? Like, did you, did you feel throughout that period that you were lacking in something? Or, you know, what happened to make yeah. you sort of be like, no, it's not us. We are like, especially because in the book, you do talk about how you did a lot of work. People said, you, you know, you've got to try yeah. this, you've got to do that. And you did a lot of work and you still found yourself single. So were you beating yourself up for that? Or was there a point where you're like, no, it's not me? I beat myself up for a very long time. I uh, wrote a lot of pieces for women's magazines. And, you know, for, and they're also called service magazines. And the idea is that you have to provide kind of 10 steps or a certain number of steps to help the, the reader uh, solve their problem. And so I wrote a lot of pieces about you know, just sort of why you're single, how to become more ready for love, open to love, and all these things. And they were fine stories, but I, I sort of used myself as part of that, as, as a self-improvement project. So I took acting lessons to develop more confidence in yoga, to get more grounded and centered, and all kinds of stuff like that. And I kept, I was just working so hard 
And at one point, a friend of mine said to me, I was complaining about it, and I was being incredibly annoying as I was complaining about it. <laughs> and she said, well, you're not going to find anybody until you get right with yourself. And I said, what do you think I've been doing this whole time? And I kind of rattled off all the stuff I've been doing, and, and I said, Everybody that I know who's married, they're not these perfectly self-actualized people. Why do I have to meet this standard? And so it was kind of this, it was, it was a very uncomfortable confrontation. Um, but afterwards, I realized that I had been asking people, what I was really wanting from people was to tell me that I was okay and that I didn't have to meet this standard. And that conflict kind of made me realize that, that I needed to believe it myself, and I finally did. It, it finally occurred to me that um, this is just dumb luck, that I'm fine, that I'm just as worthy of a relationship and as capable of a relationship as anybody else. It just hasn't happened yet. Do you think... Um, hi, Sarah. Nice to meet you. I'm <laughs> hey. Ben. Um, do you think there is any correlation? There's, there's this moment in your book um, towards the end where you share an anecdote describing... Um, you're feeling like you were okay and that there wasn't anything wrong with you and this moment of discovery of self-love um, and that you had found your basic goodness. Do you think there is a link between that moment at all and the fact that then you found a relationship shortly after or are those unrelated incidences? Well, it was about three years, so it wasn't like, you know, a lot of these stories, it's like, and then the next day I found him. Um, you know, it was still a number of years went by uh, before I, I met my husband. Um, and so I don't really, and I think that I have faith that he would have liked me even, my more neurotic, less confident, less secure self. I think he's still, I think we just have, we have a lot in common. We're very compatible. We have a really good connection. I think he would have liked me anyway. Um, but what I have noticed is that all of that work I did, it has made me better at being in a relationship. All of the, all of the becoming all right with myself, like getting right with myself actually was a good idea. Um, it just wasn't the thing that put me in the various place that enabled me to meet my husband, but it has made me better at navigating relationships. Do you think really? do you think that being in the place to meet your husband is a total random coincidence or is there anything that led to that moment? Uh well what led to that moment was I got a phone call from my old employer um asking me if I could fill in for a little while for somebody who was who was away. I did not want to take the job, but I was broke. So I took the job and my husband was there. So I don't really see, there was nothing really I did. There was no, no way that I empowered myself. I, I actually didn't want to go, but, um, but I needed the money. So, so it, was, it was this one person not being, of it, not being there and me needing the money that led to it. So in, I love how at one point in the book you talk about how, or actually it comes up a little bit several times, how we don't have really the audacity to ask married people why they are married, but we often mm. ask single people, why are you single? As if, like you'd said, there is some fatal flaw. And Ben and I have often talked about uh, the debate between being in the right place at the right time or how prepared you are. Um, you mentioned in the book being single sort of by by chance because you just haven't met that person do, how much do you believe it is just about having not met that person? And Ben and I sort of still disagree a little bit about how, like, you could just not meet. I, I think you sort of, in a way, just could not meet the person, that it's not in your control completely. But w what would you say as far as, like, do you think everybody, I guess the question is, do you think everybody 
will find the person. Um, do you th- or do you think I, that some people will just be single through no fault of their own? Yeah, I think that. I mean, it's like saying you think everybody in the hospital will get better. It's just like life isn't fair, and um, we don't all get what we want. But just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean there is something wrong with you. That there's a pathology. It just means you didn't get what you wanted. Um, so, and I think it's entirely possible that had I not um, taken that job in 2005, that I would still be single. It's, it's, it's entirely possible. So um, I think that one just simply does the best they can. And in terms of this, I think this issue of how much control one has is a really interesting one. And there's a Buddhist saying that I find extremely useful called not too tight, not too loose. And it, it, the analogy is like a guitar string. You don't want to crank it too tight or else you, it's too tight or too loose. It's, it's not going to sound good. You need it kind of in the middle. So I think that that approach is really useful when you're dealing with this, this issue of being single because on one hand, you, know, you do need to leave the house. You do need to do stuff. And, and, to feel better about yourself is certainly going to make it all easier, and, and it's going to make dating easier. To, to learn how to be kind to yourself, you'll probably be more kind to the person that you're dating. So all of these things are wonderful things to do, um, but there's also um, a point where you have to let go and say, I don't have complete control about this. Um, maybe I'll meet this person. Maybe I won't. Um, I'm just going to live the best life I can and be as open as possible um, and and see what happens. I'm struck by um, the idea of this person, um, as you keep mm. saying, as though it's like there's a person, there is a person out there who right. is going to be the right person and no other person will do. Is that what you're suggesting? No, not at all. I, I think that we all have there's we all have a number of people who would be um, who would be great partners for us. I don't think I don't believe in that everybody has one soulmate. So yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, no, I think there are lots of people that we could potentially have a great relationship, but but not anybody, and you can't will it. If it's if it's not there, it's not there. How does that relate to as we age? Like we talk a lot on the show that Ben and I are both in our mid 30s, and we both had have relationships, but we're at the point where the the demographics of what you're looking for sort of change and they sort of mm. mellow. Uh, what would you say about how one can change their standard of what they're looking for without settling particularly? Like how does that change as you sort of age a little bit into yourself? Yeah, I think that people definitely become, as people age, you know, we become more mature. I think that most people, as they become older, they become a little bit nicer and more generous because they realize they've been knocked around a little bit in life. So, um, and and also more sure of themselves. So maybe uh, I, I'm 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 kind of I'm so impressed by people who meet people in their early twenties and have these great marriages. I don't quite know how one does that, but it's 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 really cool when it happens. But um, I think you know, for me, I was probably I in my when I was very young, I probably did have some unrealistic standards when I was in my early twenties, and and I think when we're younger, we're maybe there's more of a there's a little more narcissism involved, and you want this person to reflect you. And when you're older, you and have that confidence in yourself, you can I think you can also be a, more generous with people and just start to appreciate um, kindness in a way that maybe when you're young, 
the fact that a guy is in a band and really cute and really cool kind of overrides the fact that he's not that nice to you. If that makes sense. I have a question. Um, yes. What do you think is a more important uh, part of a relationship or a quality in a relationship or important to being able to maintain a relationship? Finding the right person or being able to or being willing to commit to the person you're with? I really think finding the right person, I think it's a combination because no person is going to be perfect and there's always going to be something or no person, you know, there's always going to be some kind of conflict. There's always going to be some kind of compromise. And um, so you certainly have to decide that, yeah, this, 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 this quality or this, this way that we're not compatible, I'm going to work with it. I'm going to live with it. Um, because, but there has to be a foundation of because they have all these other qualities, and 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 just because we we just enjoy each other, and um, it's it's worth it, and and just a basic understanding of a grounding in in, in a certain kind of love and understanding and, and support, so that even when you have those conflicts, you know that this person is still basically on your side. I think that's what matters most. I have one final question for you before we let you go. You talked with so many women, both professionally and personally, when you were researching this book and in your work in general. Was there one great takeaway that you actually learned from another woman about how to be happy and single at the same time, but still be open to finding love? Is there something that shocked you or something that you really took away that another woman taught you? I think the thing that most struck me was that the older women, the older the women were, the more relaxed they were and the more they didn't take every single date personally. They could just kind of go on the date and enjoy the date for its own sake regardless of what happened. And um, another woman I spoke to who was now, you know, she, she was in a serious relationship, she said, you know, the only thing that I regret about that time was all the time I spent worrying about it. Um, you know, because your life is your life, and there's, you have some control, and some there are things you can control and things you can't, but um, the worry, I, that really resonated with me. The time that I spent worrying, um, that just seemed like, I look back on that and that seemed like a real waste of time. That was honestly the biggest takeaway I got from reading your book is that it just Mm. sort of um, gave me the, another dose of calm as far as like, Hey, I do my work as a human being and I'm single and I'm happy being single. And I think at one point you quoted a woman who said like, I have to stop waiting for, Oh, when the rest of my life happens, like, Oh, the person Mm. I'm going to be with for the rest of my life because the rest of my life is now. And that honestly, was the biggest takeaway that I got from the book. That's like, Hey, the rest of my life being now is pretty awesome. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing these stories. Thank you, Sarah. It was lovely meeting you. Thank you for chatting with us. Yeah. And thank you thank for your you. book. It was a pleasure. Yeah, we really appreciate you having you on. You can get Sarah's book, It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons Why You're Single. Um, she's on Goodreads. It's on Amazon. You can get her on Twitter and on Facebook. Thank you so much for, for coming on, Sarah. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. And we are going to finish off our show in a complete 180 from what we just talked about with the Online Asshole of the Week Award because, Benjamin... I'm back online dating and uh, don't you just love it? <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> so normally if a guy emails me something either 
just boring like hey nice face which in my profile i say very i state very clearly like don't just don't say about how pretty i am or something in my picture or like there's a picture of me hugging a tree and a guy today messaged like does it you matter the size hippie. of the tree you, you hug <laughs> can you believe it someone says, does it matter the size of the tree or guys will say like i wish i were that tree or no they mostly say i wish i was that tree um but there is one particular guy his name is uh, so this is on okay cupid Normally, I would not be so specific about the person um, on the radio, but this guy, like I said, is a particular bad, bad person. Um, his his profile is Polly Rock, P-A-U-L-Y-R-O-C-K. You told me to. I know. Don't feign innocence. No, I'm not. Trust me. <laughs> I just can't wait for you to read. He's what 35. He said. He's from Rockaway Park, New York. And he, he messaged me a couple of times and I didn't respond. Then finally, he sent me a message where... The end of it, I'll just say, he sent the, the, his phone number um, and said, why do I find women that all they want to do is type back and forth, waste of fucking time? And so I sent a very quick message saying, hey, thanks, but if I were interested, I would have messaged you before, but good luck out there is basically what I said. And then he sent, um, I don't care what you say, waste of time. When you give head, do you spit or swallow? And then I messaged back saying, okay, I just want to read you all of them very quickly, and then you can respond. Uh, and then I said something back like, it's, I, it's not appropriate to speak to a woman that way, but good luck out there. I'm trying to be very polite. And then he said, I tell it like it is from a bitch like yourself. I feel good. Thank you very much. Please, God, hear my pray. I hope this woman gets brutally raped and treated like the bitch that she is. Mic drop. That is the most disgusting, vile, most reprehensible. I'm glad it bothers I'm like, you so I'm much. I'm shaking my your fists, cl- yeah, clenched, clenched fists, fists. Yeah. right now. I texted you this last week and you apologized for it. And I said, this is not uncommon. Like normally I just don't respond because honestly, this often happens where I don't even have to respond. If it's been 24 hours and I don't, a guy will often uh, say something about using the words bitch, cunt, rape. Um, fuck things like that and it's not uncommon and so this one just went no matter how polite i was uh it just ended up in dear god hear my prey i hope this bitch gets hear my prey hear my prey of course there everything was spelled wrong and it was grammatically incorrect the entire exchange um and i so i did report it okay cupid about a week ago and i've not heard back from them i just reported the exchange because to me this kind of person um is not I don't want him on the interweb where women can, I don't know. Like, I mean, the just, sad thing is that like this exists and exists that there are just tons of people out there who through the anonymity of the internet feel entitled yes. and feel, you know, able and unafraid to, to say, say things like horrible things. And, and, and to believe things like that. And, and in his profile, his very brief profile, which does that, like if you're on OKQ, but it's like, oh, the, you know, a secret that you want to share about yourself. And a lot of guys, I think it's a waste, will be like, oh, tell me in person or what I'm doing with my life, living, play, playing it hard. So he, what he says he wants is something real with no drama. Yet, when I don't respond or when I give something politely back, he talks about bitch and when i give head do i spit or swallow and that he he prays to god that i get raped so this good guy who wants something real with no drama uh would message that i mean he clearly has either suffered some horrible like trauma i don't care no obviously no i don't either i'm just saying like 
he it's, was raised wrong or that the whole world in which he lives is just, I mean, we're very, I was talking with Liz Smith, our beautiful engineer before the show about how we're lucky we live in New York City and we are all, um, I, I wish it didn't come to this and it doesn't always come to this, but we are highly educated people who live in a very liberal city and we work in the arts. We've got a lot going for us that this is not how we communicate, but there are a lot of people who think it's okay to communicate this way. And, and it's sad and, and scary desperate as a woman. And yeah. just like it's, it make it turns it makes me who like I like to communicate openly, honestly, with love and respect. And you're one of the most respectful men I've ever known. There's a reason why I love you as much as I do. And um, it also just makes me think violent thoughts toward this person that I don't, you know, like. Or it's Polly Rock, thirty five from Rockway like, Park, New York. It's it's just it I mean it's unconscionable to me. I agree. Um but of course, sadly unsurprising in the world we live in it exists and th- and that's why i don't normally respond because this is what happens and that reminds me about how this exists and i don't like that so i, I if something happens with okay cupid i will report back about what has happened but yeah so he's our Say his online username one more time so all of our listeners Holly. can uh, go find him on there and uh give <laughs> or, them a piece or of their mind ladies you know be careful he's Polly rock he's 35 spell from that rockway, for us p-a-u-l-y-r-o-c-k on okay cupid he's 35 from rockaway park new york and yes, his message was. Why doesn't again, everyone just go on? Even if you don't have an OKCupid okay account, just go create one and tell, give him a piece of your mind. Hear my pray. I hope this woman gets brutally raped and treated like the bitch that she is. That's what he said. So uh, if if yeah, so I will report back if OKCupid okay just to tell you what happens when you report something like that. But other than that, that's our show for today. We're leaving on that great positive <laughs> that happy note. note. <laughs> Last year we left off with our little social experiment where Ben and I asked some of our exes a series of questions as to why we broke up. And next week, Ben gets to share his answer. Yeah, so we're going to bring a psychologist on next week. And I actually will not be here. I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. So I will be going to miss a, sitting across from I know, your me too. smiling But face. I will be with a dear friend of both of ours. And I look forward to, to driving down there tomorrow to see her. So next week, I will be calling in. Uh, which will be weird and fun and so silly. It's going to be so cold and lonely in here. I'll warm me up when I get home, I promise. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, so next week, we're going to talk about what Ben has learned. And then the following week, I will be back and I will be sharing my answers. Good, because um, I don't want to be the only vulnerable one I know, we're here. so vulnerable here. Um, until next time, our engineer was once again the amazing Liz Smith. Thanks to our sponsor, the Wisconsin She's Cupid. Our theme song for this season is You Better You Bet by Robbie Gill. And we are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt. We'll be back at the same time next week right here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Later. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.